And I don't know, how do, how do you guys feel about, uh, well, can you hear the, no, you can never hear the intro music. Um, I'll play the intro music just for our uh, podcast uh, listeners at home. It's only 10 seconds. So here we go. Yeah, I need to figure out how to make it so you guys can hear that too, because it always gets me jazzed up and, and ready to go. Well, um, here we are. We're, today is uh, March 25th. We are a few days away from, from Crystal Vale. Um, Nindorf, um, what are your thoughts right now? Yeah, so uh, my thoughts are, A, there's so much content to go through, first of all. Um, and I think for me personally, I'm getting more and more excited about these pets. All these eggs are really starting to burn a hole in my pocket. <laughs> well, the you're jewel up, too, I suppose. You're up to two, three dozen eggs at this point? Yeah, you're, I you're wish. Farming over here. Uh, I'm sitting on 12, which is a pretty good pile. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's, uh, you know, that's exciting. And, you know, with all the, the pet news at... Um, you know the the AVAC summit. Seeing the the new avatars for the pets definitely has me me feeling like I need a fox or a panda. Those uh, those are looking pretty cool. Uh, how about you, guy kid? My super boring. If I just want a dog, like, <laughs> no. That Labrador Retriever looks looks pretty sweet. But oh, yeah, AVAC cute. summit was was awesome. Frisky and Dreamer just like. They just went on stage, and I thought it was going to be a pretty routine, like, hey, here's a, we're DFK, here's what we do. And they just, they went off for the 30 minutes they were on stage, and it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it it, it was pretty cool. Um, I tried to catch the live stream, and that was pretty, pretty laggy. Um, and then I actually... Um, I caught the the notes and then started listening to the podcast that you just released this morning from last night. Uh, go ahead and give us a little shout out. I, I really appreciate the the breakdown and the content. Yeah, so I, I do a Bogside Chats, uh, uh, basically YouTube channel with C9N, Maddie Pesk, and France. And we were just basically breaking down everything that was happening with, with AVAX. We went through the, the slide deck that Frisky and Dreamer, Dreamer put together. And then we just really probably spent a good 20 minutes just mourning over the, the tavern market. Because the hero prices are absolutely brutal right now. Uh, brutal for selling and a little tempting for buying. That's where <laughs> I'm at at the moment. Uh, I'm like, the last day I've been like, Nindorf, tell me this is a bad idea. And then I, I send him a different hero every time. Um, <laughs> and he tries his best uh, to tell me they're a bad idea. But I, I just keep coming back to it. So um, I don't know. I, I, I've been able to refrain. Um, Okay, so the the one item that that we wanted to go through on our our plan content uh, today is uh, you know breaking down uh, the new uh, access system to the website. So Nindorf has been in the lab developing this, and you know we just want to give uh, an explanation to our listeners out there who are using the paid content and you know supporting us with their hard earned jewel. Want to make sure they understand what's coming at them, and you know. Um, you know what the next series of events is, and then we're gonna open it up to uh, to chat questions. And so, um, listeners out there, uh, you're welcome to you know throw questions our way on YouTube, or uh, we're just in the general chat over on Discord. So you're welcome to jump in there. We just ask that you jump on mute right away, and then um, you know when when we're taking questions, you can go ahead and unmute yourself at that point in time and ask away. So. Uh, first thing, we'll go to uh, the the website page, and so what I'm going to be bringing up here is the account page. Let me switch over on OBS. Oh, I need to reload. Okay, so on the uh, account page, which is not available uh, to everyone right now, it'll be in the top right hand side of your screen um, in the uh, the light blue banner. And in that uh, section of the page, we have kind of like, uh, you know, a few different areas for you to look at that are new. We have the Discord handle if you're signed up for Discord alerts. And then we have um, the next section is registering your Harmony wallet address. 
and you know we're not asking for your password not asking for your private keys um, this is your public wallet address and this is how we link the payment that you will make in metamask to the account that you have set up on the website so real clever way by by Nindorf to uh, you know make this viable um, Nindorf, if you want to kind of comment on you know why you chose this route for a payment system yeah absolutely so I think for starters, uh, it's a good jumping point um, to kind of getting it into, you know, just the blockchain data, and not having to go through Discord messaging and sending links. So that was the first requirement really for this change in system is we kind of wanted to get a little more automated so that, you know, people didn't have to wait around for you or I to answer our Discord messages. And we do our best to keep up, but this is a little better for our users. Um, and then secondly, I didn't. I chose not to go with direct MetaMask integration, um, sort of out of simplicity, but really more along the lines of uh, me personally. I sometimes am not as trusting of a random website when you when it wants you to say connect to wallet. You know, I get a little hesitant, right? So at the moment, we're not really connecting to your wallet at all. Uh, we're literally just having you tell us what your wallet is, and that way we can scan the site's address, and whenever there is a jewel transfer into the site's address, we look at who it came from, and then we go search our database and be like, ooh, I found, you know, maybe it was, say, Guy Kid decided he wanted to send some jewel in and had no more time, uh, and then I can go in and credit his account the amount of time based on how much jewel he deposited. So it's purely based on watching data on chain this way, and there's actually no direct um, interaction with your wallet. So that was kind of, that's kind of my spiel, I guess. Um, in the future, for simplicity, if people start to trust the site a little bit more, maybe we'll add a connect button, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. And people, by the way, you know, feel free to shoot suggestions or comments um, into our Discord or DM us. You know, we're always looking to improve everything. So, so fire away. Yeah, thank you for that and uh, the, the development as well. So let me go through quick kind of the, the timeline of important events for everyone. And I posted this on the, the website, General Tab, and Discord as well. Uh, but last week, we turned off the Anchor payment system. We wanted to make sure we gave our, our paid subscribers, uh, I would say, almost a benefit uh, in the meantime while we're going through this development uh, to make sure that you know everyone gets their feet set and they don't feel like this is a rug. Um, and then by, you know, it, it may, it, it'll probably actually be April 1st instead of May 1st. We're going to be turning on the account page. And so people who are not subscribers to Anchor, and so new subscribers, would be able to start accessing the website and gaining access to that, that paid content. New users are going to continue to get free access um, from the Anchor payments that they made, you know, prior to the third week in March. And then June 1st is that big date for all of our historical paid subscribers. Um, we're going to be, you know, um, actually making a switch over on the website. And so June 1st is that big date for you to, to keep in mind um, is that we'll need a, a dual transaction at that point in time to gain access to the system. So that's kind of a, a breakdown of the, the dates coming your way. And hopefully that gives uh, our folks, you know, enough time to uh, prepare and, and reset themselves. Um, any any other questions or uh, topics on that you guys could think of that we need to go through? I think that covers it for me. I think if, yeah, absolutely. If anybody's got questions, let us know. If it's unclear, we'll try to get the documentation on the site, you know, maybe update it a little bit. Um you you put together a YouTube video with the instructions on like, walking through. Um, I think you should probably we'll post that too, right? And that's that's yep. a, a nice video. It really walks you through exactly what you got to do. Yeah, it hopefully uh, makes it as, as straightforward and as easy as possible. All right, well, let's get to the uh, the the main event here. Let's start asking some questions. Um, Let's see. Uh, how about this, um, guy kid? Go ahead and, and give us maybe. Uh, I'm I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, so let's have you give us, you know, maybe one question that you're looking for either uh, the community that's on Discord right now to answer, or you know, someone on 
um, on YouTube to shout an answer to. What's what's kind of a burning question for you as we're starting to approach Crystal Vale? One of the big things I'm trying to figure out with Crystal Vale is what's going to happen to the existing Serendale Gardens. And Franz keeps yelling at me saying this isn't something you can really speculate and plan for. But I think it's going to drastically change the APRs that are in the Serendale Gardens. And it's going to determine what the APRs in the Crystal Vale Gardens are. So the question I have for kind of everyone listening in is what percentage of the Serendale Gardens do you think will move to the Crystal Vale Gardens? That's a good question. I've kind of been tracking this a little on the side. And I've noticed already, I'll thank all of you uh, DFK members who've pulled your money out of the gardens already. I, I really appreciate that because <laughs> uh, the, the garden percent for Jewel 1 has gone from 250 up to about 319 right now. Uh, it's it annual percent. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's already boosting. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see where the APRs start at. And that's where it's like, I think, to your point, it's gonna, it might be almost impossible to predict. But I think, I think if we watch the trend in Jewel 1, I think you're going to have a fairly decent answer. Because it, uh, also important to remember is that we're at the, are we at the four or is it eight Jewel per block? I forget. Release. Uh, relative sure to eight. Is it? Yeah, I think you're right. And so obviously Crystal is going to start up the rung a bunch. Um, yeah, Crystal starting at 32. 32, right? So, so yeah, you got that 4x. Current emissions are, right? So if a quarter of the jewel, if a quarter of the value moves from the one garden into the other, it shouldn't, I mean, you kind of like level loaded. But I could see some people moving half or all of their stake over, in which case I think it's going to actually swing that it might be just as beneficial to hold tight. I don't know. That's what I've been personally thinking. That's, that's what I've been thinking too. Um, and also, like, it's playing into, and I, I'm, I'm probably complicating the game of checkers um, here a little bit, but um, one of the things that I, I've been thinking about is leaving my gardens alone for a really long time and letting those unlock percentages start to work in my favor. And when we hit, because that unlock percentage is going to switch, is it like July 1st or something is the estimated uh, epoch date when it becomes a zero um, locked and 100% unlocked, I think. Is that right, guys? Yeah, that sounds right, given the uh, Yeah, given, given the course. current speed of, of block ratios. Well, what I'm kind of planning on doing is actually not hitting the claim button. And I started this a few weeks ago. And, you know, I'm, I'm up to a few jewel um, right yeah. now. And at at some point, you know, and it, I might even, you know, get excited and, and pull the trigger a little too soon. Uh, but I'm going to watch the price of Jewel as we're starting to get close to that date. And, you know, even if I, I walk it down to, you know, the 10% locked rate, uh, I'm going to hit the claim button. And then I'm going to, uh, you know, probably transfer all of that. Not financial advice here. I'm probably going to personally transfer that out of the game. Uh, but that's just because, at you know, at this moment in my life, I'm, I'm looking to uh, make some uh, real-life uh, purchases go on. So that's kind of that's kind of my plan, and I'm still going to be playing the game with all of my heroes. Um, that's just a small exit ramp for me for, for some of the, uh, the investments that I'm making right now in the gardens. So I'm thinking, because if I move my garden funds right now, it screws up that whole plan. And, you know, I have you know, uh, a little bit of uh, garden time under my belt at the moment. So that's, uh, that's what I got going on. That's a good point. I mean, bringing up the, the idea of locked versus unlocked is actually huge. So we're getting pretty close to 60% unlocked. And I mean, the rewards for Crystal Vale will probably be higher up front, but it's going to be almost completely locked. And that's, that's fine. But you, you are also you just don't have as many options, right? With your with your earnings, honestly, um, and so you know it's one of those things. I think everybody needs to really consider. You know, if, if it's something that this is value that they don't need to extract in the next year, absolutely. Then I think the locked makes sense. I mean, the, the, this team is doing things that no other team is doing. You know, I think we're all still super bullish on this game as, as a whole, and so I think you know. 
it, it kind of depends on each of us personally where we, we sit and what our goals are. And I think, yeah, you kind of laid out your goals. I think that's great. I mean, you know, that's the stuff that we got to be thinking about here. Yeah, I, you know, I encourage kind of everyone to think through, you know, are you playing this for fun or are you playing for keeps? Um, and always kind of keeping that in the back of your mind. All right, well, um, going over to the YouTube chat, uh, one of the first questions that, that popped up, uh, JHW3D said, need a good hero of the day. Ha ha. Guy Kid threw one out there, 41365, and I threw one out there, 141902. Please buy 141902 so you can protect me from myself. Um Guy Kid, do you want to give us uh, who's uh, who's your hero um, out there that that you're looking at? Yeah, if you if you pull them up, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty obvious. Um, uh, we we kind of make fun of C9N in our group because he's obsessed with the stat of luck. He's like <laughs> all luck all the time. Nice. But if you if you look at stats, like no one's great at luck right now. So when it comes to land tournaments, if you find a hero with purple luck, um, they could actually have a significant advantage over a lot of other heroes. And if you're someone that's been thinking forward enough that you've been focusing on luck the entire time, you might have a, a great advantage over... He's not actually on the market. I just went to catalog. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm nice. looking at it right now. 31 yeah. luck. Woo. Yeah, he's got wow. 41 luck. He's a Beast. he's a ninja with purple luck. So if this guy just keeps uh as his primary boost, keeps bust uh boosting luck every step along the way, he's gonna be the front runner for that luck land tournament. Yeah. Man, like crit hits and stuff. That that's gonna be a beast. I like it. Yeah, I'm actually a believer in luck too, too. Which is no joke. Yeah, yeah, twenty two agility is not bad at all. All right, cool. And uh, the, so the next guy that I had had listed, um, please, someone from our Discord, take him. Otherwise, I'm going to have to take him tonight. He's a legendary priest for 157 Jewel, been through the Perilous Journey, and he's got a, a really wild, uh, uh, bringing him up right now, um, a really good uh, wisdom and intelligence stat for level two. So um, let's see. Did someone grab him? Someone did you a favor? No way. Someone <laughs> just did me a favor. I appreciate it. I, I I really do. I need to save this jewel and and find an exit strategy here. Uh, so the next guy, actually, I was looking at and uh, texting Nindorf earlier. Uh, Braxton Heartstar, Wizard, level 1, 170 jewel, and he has 17 wisdom for a level 1. Has not gone wow. through the perilous journey. <laughs> That's a pretty good starting point. So that I would say is the the next one for sure. All right, so um, let's jump over here onto YouTube and grab the the next question. Um, is the APR boost coming from people pulling out of the jewel uh, pumping or jewel pumping uh, from LG Boy? Uh, the APR boost would be coming from people pulling out of the gardens. Um, the, well, I guess it would be from the, the price of Jewel going up as well uh, because so, the emissions of Jewel stays the same, right, Nindorf? Correct, yeah. So it's all about the emissions. Since the emissions are constant in this like couple-month period, um, yeah, the only way that that APR really goes up is if uh, there's less Jewel in the gardens, less Jewel 1 in the gardens, say. Um, so that those, what is it, 8 Jewel per block are split amongst fewer wallets. So yeah, definitely, I, and that's kind of like what we were talking about. Where I think, you know, I'm I'm noticing, you know, my my uh, rare summoner, he's pulling in over a jewel in gardening in a you know 28 stamina block. So that that, ne that never used to happen. He was lucky if he got like 0.75. So like I said, thank you listeners for withdrawing your money from the gardens because I'm 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 really appreciating that. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so uh, next question. Next Mike says, doesn't make sense in my opinion to miss on the first week of X Jewel and Jewel Pair. Um, you know, 0% impermanent loss, and you get the full benefit of the Jewel Pump. What are your thoughts? Um, Let's, we should bring him on, too, after you, uh, you know, as a response. 
I see yeah. we've got him on our voice channel. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I'm I'm watching YouTube right now. So yeah, next Mike, uh, go ahead and give us uh, give us the color commentary behind behind your question there. You know what what are you thinking about? Why did you ask this? Um, and you know, I guess what are, what are you what's your strategy right now? Okay, for sure. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, you know, everybody's just been strategizing on what's the best way to enter Crystal Veil, vale. and you know, it seems like. You guys are, are are on one side of it, where which which might be the right direction. Everybody else is like kind of aping into Crystal Veil, vale, which myself included. I'm uh, earlier in the chat. I said I'm basically pulling out 100. percent I've already pulled out of the garden, so you're welcome. Nice door. That's the next jewel right now, and uh, I plan to take it all over first day, first hour if I can. Right? I've never been in a project so so early, so I'm super excited. I've kind of asked some whales what they thought about. The returns would would be and and of course you know we're kind of getting those answers yeah you know nfa we, you know we're not sure this is new there's a lot more people right but the fact you know the move that they pulled giving us x jewel and jewel to stake on the first at least the first week before the lps open right before um crystal and avax right and, and jewel and crystal like to me, there's no there's no risk of LP there, right? And I could be wrong, so that's why I was asking the question: Is there or IP? Excuse me. Is there any risk of impermanent loss with X Jewel? I, I don't think there is, right? So to me, you're getting the highest emissions day one, hour one, you know, pretty low risk. Jewel could be pumping, you know, ten, fifteen dollars uh, speculatively, of course. Um, so I don't see why anyone would want to miss that and stay in the. Serendale Gardens, right? Even if those percents go back up to five hundred percent, right? Uh, that's about it. What do you? What are your thoughts? I think I'm I'm hypothesizing here, and this is just a this is just from what I'm guesstimating and some of the numbers I've run. I think you're going to see it at like a thousand percent in Crystal, and I think you're probably going to. I don't think you're going to. Ah, I don't know. You might see five hundred in Serendale. I don't know that you will though. I, I think. I would kind of expect it to play out as a as a four times. Honestly, if you think about it logically, that kind of makes sense. You know, the emissions are four x, and I think people are going to arbitrage. I think you're going to see people swinging left and right. Um, the problem with the gardens, if you swing left and right, you know those those fees can start to get you. So, I think you might be onto something with the impermanent loss. Though I hadn't really considered that. It's it's basically jewel and jewel. So you, you know, what what is there to really lose? Um, and I don't think that the minuscule amount that X Jewel will go up relative to Jewel in that short of time does really anything if you're talking a thousand percent APY. So I, right. I totally hear you. I think you're. I think you. You're probably right. I think there are more returns to be made in Crystal Vale, but I'll caveat that with there's more locked returns to be made, and so right. that's the big delta in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the, the great equalizer. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, I'm saying the exact same thing that you are of. Are you in this game for the next 18 months or are you in this game for the next six months? Yeah, and, and even even more than that, too. Like, if you liquidate your jewel, for like, say you, you're mining your jewel, rather, you're out of uh, your locked balance, that doesn't mean that you're even leaving the game necessarily. Now I have that available to buy heroes or maybe maybe to buy land, right? You know, I mean, so that's the next thing is I might have this massive bag of locked crystal, but that's not going to help me buy land. So that's kind of the, the part that, you know, I, you know, that's where I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. I, I want to see those 4X or maybe even larger APRs, but I also want liquid funds so that I can make these purchases. Uh, and as we were joking earlier, you know, the alert system doesn't necessarily help me stay attached with my jewel, but that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got another question here from James Babineau. Am I too late to get into this game? Question mark. What's my most profitable move? Wow. That's a, that's a, a great question. And, you know, we probably have to caveat that entirely with not financial advice. Um, but, you know, maybe I'll, uh, I, I think a lot depends on, you know, per, perhaps, you know, what size bag are you coming into the game with? And I think this is a, a game where they've made it very clear that they are, are uh, you know, 
a, a pay to earn and and a play to earn at the same time. Uh, where you know the the more the more you you bring in, they try to make the rewards more valuable for you. Um, but with that said, I, I think this game can cater to a very wide audience in terms of the investment level of what you're willing to, to look at. With something like a Crystal Veil launching really soon, I think I would take a I would take a chance on the gardens first of all. Uh, you know, when I have friends who who think about joining the game. Um, and I haven't had anyone start from scratch. I think Nindorf, you have a guy that you're trying to get into right now. I'm actually encouraging yep. people to not buy heroes and to just do gardens um, and to kind of watch the, the tavern uh, for for deals out there first um, and to not not just jump in on, on the heroes right away. Because that ragweed, that does not ROI your hero very fast. Um, and, you know, your <laughs> chances when you have one hero of getting an egg or something significant like that are, are pretty low. So um, that's just my thought. Nindorf, you got a buddy that's trying to get in. What are you telling him? Yeah, I, I think it's very similar. I think um, I, I was kind of a little on the exact same lines, except for I think I said, you know, if you're going to get in with, if it's like under a thousand dollars, and I'll say dollars instead of jeweled, I think you're right. It's really close as far as buying a hero. I, I think you'd have to think long and hard um, and find that really solid deal. Now, that being said, there are some deals now with hero prices. Right. But I think you're right. I think, you know, spend some time in the gardens, get some of that return, and then use that to purchase that first hero. I, I think that's the play. I'm curious to hear from both of you because I know you've had a lot of success with summoning as well as like you have your Gen Zero. Have you ever looked back as to how much money you've spent on heroes and if all of that went into the gardens, if you would be better or worse? Oh, you know, um, that's a great I, question. I, I think given, you know, we, well, we bought our first Gen Zero quite a while ago when the gardens were still really juicy and I don't think we really realized how much it was. Um, but that being said though, you know, you, you get a lot of good returns. Say you roll one, you know, legendary mythic summon though. And that could, you know, that offsets a decent amount of time in the gardens, but if you don't roll it, you know, you're definitely on the other side of it. So I feel like I've gone like, stretches where it's been like two months where my summons were kind of all rare below and it was like painful and it was like barely eking out profit and then you roll that legendary or mythic and then you're like okay i forgot all about those other two months so <laughs> i think you're right i i really need to sit down and calculate it it's, i i haven't done that and i kind of haven't done that intentionally because i think i'd be sad <laughs> what's the website that just closed down uh or maybe not just closed yeah, down but DFK yeah dfk tracker they yep. had they had that feature where they would say how much you spent on summoning i remember oh, i did look at that beautiful. and it made me a little sick to my stomach um it was a it was a big number i i think that um i have a a, a strong feeling that especially when you're playing pretty low percentages on with the summoning strategy and it got a lot worse as last year uh, went on uh, towards the end of the year, you, you know, at the, you know, couple months right after Gen Zero's released, I mean, you were guaranteed, you know, profit every time you summoned and, and that just as the hero population grew, that was not the case anymore. I have a strong feeling that I probably would have been better off putting all of those dollars straight into the gardens and then just letting them sit there or compounding that interest. Um, but I think the one thing that's hard to kind of underplay is, you know, in a lot of situations where I had heroes, I felt like I tried to do a lot of selling up, you know, where you started out with a gen zero, you make gen ones, and then you try to make advanced classes and then you're selling those. And so it's also kind of hard to say, you know, if I would have had all of the, the financial gains, because a lot of my gains did come out of, uh, you know, selling those advanced classes earlier on. So, uh, yeah. 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 And, uh, early on, I kind of made the decision of, all right, I'm going to go like say 30% gardens and 70% heroes with the idea of the heroes I summon, I'm going to pretty much immediately flip. Um, and I've been doing the gen one, the buy the gen one, 10 out of 10 strategy. 
and I've been pretty consistently making about 200 Joule pair, which has been pretty well. That if you look at the total return of the gardens, the total of the return of the gardens is better. Um, but I think in my hero summoning, A, I'm having fun playing the game, even if it's just summoning at this point. And no then doubt. B, all of the returns I'm getting from my summoning is unlocked as well. So I think my unlocked gardens is less than the profit of my summoning. Hmm. That, yeah. Well, that's a good point. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, it is all unlocked. And, and yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head that it was, it's fun and it is addicting too, honestly. Yeah, it sure is. All right, so um, for the next question, I'm going to throw it out to a, a special guest here in Discord chat, and uh, we, we're putting you on the spot, Top Flight. Um, and so first off, I want to give a, a huge shout-out and thanks to Top Flight. Um, he helped Nindorf and I with uh, some of our, our branding recently, and so if you've looked on the YouTube channel, on the website, on um, on Discord, I have not updated the the overlay, uh, the OBS overlay that you're looking at right now on the video. Uh, but all of these amazing images are coming from him and his graphics team. So thank you, Top Flight, for that. And any questions or or knowledge nuggets that that you want to drop on us tonight? Not a problem. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate you letting me take the mic here for a second. Um, it's great getting to know you guys over the past couple of weeks. So, you know, as, as I've said before, you guys are probably one of the few and far between um, within the community's analytics reports tools. You know, uh, your page is on other pages as resources. So, um, it's no problem. You know, you guys do us a great a great service uh, with that. So we appreciate that. Um, but I did have a question. I, I mean, just to get off of the, the, the gardens and I guess more lighthearted, you know, you, you guys know me by now. Um, but for those of you who don't, I'm a pretty outgoing person. Uh, I like to talk and throw ideas out there and, you know, see if uh, if the spark can get caught. And, you know, uh, being a people person, I'm I'm really kind of just curious to see the lay of the land in terms of like the player base uh, geographically. Um and how that would potentially go into a combat PvP leaderboard. Because, you know, I come from a competitive uh, video game background where, you know, I, I've been to MLG events or LAN events, blah, blah, blah. Um, shooters, i played RPGs, classic, all that stuff. So I, I really do like that uh, immersiveness within, or potential immersiveness within the combat. So, um what do you guys think about having a breakdown per population within a leaderboard? Do you think there's going to be a leaderboard? Um, has there any been, you know, been anything in, in regards to the combat um, that you've, you know, recently kind of found out or that you can give us insight to? Now, let me ask a clarifying question. Are you asking if you think there will be like leaderboards based around real life geographical regions like european or north american or um i mean know, that's it, how it is okay. usually with, right, right with you know most of our like you know the you know you look at call of duty or, or or whatever games are you know on a pro circuit quote unquote um so they break it down by either um north america europe asia um you know just your your server you know which one you ping from yeah uh however that doesn't work you know, it's not it's not pinging from a server per se uh, for this game specifically, but I just think it would be a cool feature because every you know every game that I've played, there's always been people that have made it big off of playing the leaderboard. Yeah, most kills, most you know, um, whatever it may be w within this combat system that's to come. Biggest so. biggest attack, like single blow attack of yeah, exactly for a thousand damage. Longest range, you know, yeah. like longest range attack. So yeah, I uh, I actually think that that would be pretty cool. I never thought of that. I've always thought of you know geographical regions being in game and potentially that affecting the leaderboard. Um, but one of the things coming from like a competitive gaming background as well that I think is always interesting with having an international 
uh, set of regions is that it, it feels like many different international regions developed their own metagame. And I think that could be really healthy for this game um, to allow different regions. And it doesn't necessarily have to be geographic regions, but I could see a lot of very diverse metagames forming out of, you know, subset groups of this overall game. I mean, when you're talking three heroes and a skill tree with, you know, some finite number of of different skill options, I think this game is going to be very much a a chess-style game where you're thinking of counters, next counter to the counter, counter move to the counter move, and, you know, trying to plan those out. And I think that's where some really neat metagames will, you know, evolve. And you might have, like, a East Asian, uh, you know, meta environment where they really favor using... Um, you know, a paladin, and you might have a North American meta environment where they favor using exactly. a pirate or something like that. And so I, I you're think on that the would same really page, cool. yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Where you know, I play, you play a game. The European teams go like on the left side. You know, they go to a the A bomb site instead of the B right. bomb site where the North American, you know, traditionally uh, players go. So well, to I mean, go, go full meta level, even rather than North America and Asia, do you go to the regions that are in the land? Do you go, do you start kind of creating your Adeline? I'm, I've got the view all land pulled up and like you got the Haywood group and you got the Riverhold group. And uh, are you going to have to like quote unquote stake your heroes to a guild in a region that you're now going to compete for tournaments within this region and try to be champion of that region to compete for, to be champion hmm. of the entire hey. kingdom? Or if we talked about the region and like the you know those three subset uh, stats on the card, um, in regards to the perilous journey, you know that was just more of a aha, but it, it yeah, could play no it could play into uh, into consideration here with what guy just said. Yeah, desert, and region, I think that's yeah. what they're trying to capture, right? Like they've announced like the leaderboard mechanic in game for mm-hmm. giving out rewards, so I feel like. They 100% as devs agree that that is, that is one of the, I would say, like one of the marquee elements of a healthy game is establishing that leaderboard and making it actually have value to people that play to be on it. It's not just like, you know, employee of the month and you get to park up front, right? No, no, this is like, like no crap bragging rights. Like I made it on there, like I have a legit stake and, and people will see that and recognize it. So I... I'd love to see that coming out from the devs themselves. I feel like they they have a really a good strategy when it comes to they want the community to do a lot on its own, but I think they select very like with a scalpel. Like I want this this has to be in game to be healthy, and so I, I really think that they're they're choosing wisely when it comes to including the leaderboard into the game to make sure it's done right and that they have some control. I'm, I, I'm actually okay with that. I think there could be external leaderboards too, that being said. Um, it doesn't all have to be exactly in-game. So, uh, you know, the community might come up with things, more grants maybe even, um, but that that's kind of where I'm at. I think the leaderboards are where the profit's going to be in the future. You know, eventually the, the gardens are going to... Uh, or I should say the APRs um, from conventional farming is going to dry up and it's going to be more like profession based. Um, and I think rewards are going to really come from the combat system. I think that's that's a really long play um, of this game is, is you need a, a very healthy combat meta and a reward system for combat um, in order to get a, a you know, a, a wide range of people playing and, and staying in it long term. All right, cool. So. Um, thank you for having me yeah thanks Dr. Yeah, Light. absolutely all right awesome question and uh scrolling through youtube uh going up to see what other questions we have on here uh remember we are on on discord right now on the general voice chat and so if you want to ask a question you're also welcome to to join us there um all right so we had ryan time strategy said Thoughts on Storybook Brawl getting acquired by FTX? I think the Hero Duels format that they quickly previewed could eventually be built uh, to be some sort of auto-battler. Any thoughts on that, guys? I don't personally know what Storybook Brawl is. Um, 
or them being acquired by FDX. So I'm uh, I'm a little in the dark on this, but I'm hoping maybe uh, one of you guys might know. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I'd, I'd have to do a little research at a time. I'm I'm not really prepared on that one. Well, yeah, Ryan, likewise. you stumped us. I don't I, I don't go outside the the DFK <laughs> ecosystem. All There's that another much. game. That's been my <laughs> problem with the success of DFK. <laughs> I've stopped playing all of the games. You become a little obsessive, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so they they did talk they did uh so i think the second part of his question was like the hero duels and i saw that there was some images um of you know showing two cards against each other on the table is that going to be like the stat duels or is that going to be some other kind of duel what are your guys's thoughts on that i think for starters it will be the stat duel for sure because i mean they've made it pretty clear they want to use that as their entry into combat in order to test out their systems and to test out, you know, how it all starts to shake out. So I think for sure that's where we start. Now, is that where it ends? I highly doubt it. And I, But is that going to stay around? There might be, I could see them having like, um, uh, like holiday events, right? Where there's, oh, you know, it's, uh, you're coming upon, I don't know, it's like spring break, right? We all just came off spring break. Maybe there's a, a, a tournament over spring break to, and who knows what the concept would be, but I could see them throwing in some some sweet graphics, you know, a, a, a random kind of concept. It's certain stats or certain skills, who knows, but I think that'll stay around. I think there's going to be something else in this Hero Duels. It seems like kind of kind of how I'm reading it is the community reacted pretty negatively to DFK Arena. And they were kind of upset with like, all right, so now all of our heroes are going to be trusted to a third party site that we don't know anything other than this submission. And I think the DFK team is kind of, I'm curious if they're working with that same development team on this dueling system. Because Dreamer, when he was on stage, even said the words DFK Arena when he was on stage. Mm. And I don't know if that was just a slip or if that was intentional. Um, but that makes me to believe there's going to be something more than just the basic combat associated with this. Also, if you look at the graphic, I'm trying to I'm trying to si- find it. Um, but if you look at the graphic under the player names, there's three cards under the player names which makes me think there's almost like a Pokemon element to the game of you've got three or four heroes that you hold that you can decide what hero to send out there. And there's also in the image, excuse me. (laughs) Apparently drink a little too much, but there's, (laughs) There's also elements and regions on the image as well. Well, yeah, I, that's I, a good point. Am stoked about any kind of Pokemon, um, you know, a comparable uh, setup. I, I think that's something that that's a game that you know has been near and dear to my heart. Um, at not very great from a competitive standpoint, but I, I've really enjoyed uh, tr- attempting to play that competitively. It feels like there's a, a really advanced rock paper scissors element. Um, and I could see how, you know, like the, the type advantages or, uh, you know, super effective, not very effective, effective, um, uh, you know, battle damage could be applied to, you know, the different classes of heroes where, you know, thieves are really good at fighting warriors, but warriors are great at fighting pirates and pirates are great at fighting wizards. And wizards are great at fighting, you know, so on and so forth. So I could see that uh, having a very uh, nice uh, check and balance system. Yeah, I can breathe again. But um, the two, the two interesting things that I saw on there were the elements in the regions. Mm. That up until this point, we've had no utility with those on the hero cards. No, we haven't. But every every single hero has an element, and they have a background, which I would call a region. Mm-hmm. So what I'm kind of seeing with these hero duels is they're probably going to happen in a certain region. And I don't know if that's going to be a physical region based on where you are on the map. That'd be interesting, too. Um, but then there's going to be an element focus to it, too. So I don't know how much of that information you're going to know before you head into the duel or if it's all basically predetermined as well. I really hope the element and the region, as you've called it, which I love, I think that that 
actually makes more sense than some of the other terms I've seen. I really hope they modify the skill tree. I hope that that is a hidden gem that no one is considering and is another, I don't know, 16, 17, 18th element to consider when purchasing and selling and leveling heroes. I think that would be phenomenal. I agree. That that, that would be really neat. Everything in the genetics of the hero will be used, and I'm pretty sure that these devs are smart enough they're going to use it to its to its fullest. So I, I, I just foresee that being a thing. You know, like, just imagine, you know, if you've got a, maybe it's like a dark knight and he's got, like, the dark magic uh, and it's a swamp. I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever the region. Like, those could all feed into, like, this black magic poison sort of system in the skill tree that could just be insane. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just so interesting because we're in such that we're so early that it's all just theory crafting of, like, how creative can our own minds get? And it's like, are we just being the creative ones or are the devs actually thinking all these things? All right. So, uh, JHW3D, you're in our chat calling you out here. Do you want to, do you want to have a a question, a voice question here? Uh, while, while we got you on discord chat. All right. I kind of put you on the spot. So, um, that's all right. Uh, Judas, yeah, uh, go ahead and chime in if if you got something. Um, we have another question from Ryan Time Strategy, and then you know maybe we'll do you know two two more questions or so, and then kind of wrap it up for the night. Uh, he mentioned uh, this is uh, you know he he knows his crowd here. Uh, travel system is something that I'm interested in. Like heroes of might and magic move spaces per turn. Heroes that have travel bonuses based on home terrain. Um, I think this is something that you forecasted. I, you're the first person I heard talking about at Nindorf. Um, give us your thoughts on on how do you think movement's going to exist in the game? Well, actually, how about Guy Kid? You go first. There was some information about how traveling might be affected that just came out um, from AVAX, right? Is that right? Oh, are you talking about the level gates? Yeah. Is that the same as traveling or am I kind of just I think it's lost? the same as traveling. And I'm picturing like a World of Warcraft where it's like you've got your level 1 to 10 zones, you've got your level 11 to 20 zones, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know if it's going to be truly a hard gate where it's like you can't get into this area unless you're a level 5 or unless you're a level 12. Or it's a your success of being able to do anything will be extremely low if you travel in this area. Because when you're traveling along the road, imagine like events pop up where it's like, hey, uh, you're getting attacked by goblins. I can't and wait for a- Oregon Trail DFK. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh my yes. God. The yeah. classic. But imagine you're a level, level three wizard and you're getting attacked by a group of level 30 goblins. Yeah. Like I- clearly you're outside your realm. You have no business being there. Like, go back home, go back to the castle, go back to Sarandil where it's safe. Yeah, you know, so, if, if my low-level heroes could die of dysentery, and if I could take a pit stop to shoot bun-buns, like, that would be my Oregon Trail dream fulfilled right uh, there. Sorry for interrupting, Nidor. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I think um, what I'm hoping, uh, and this is, you know, us coming fresh off of Perilous Journey here, I'm really hoping that they allow you to take your hero anywhere, but I'm hoping that if you decide to take your hero so far past their level, that they have the opportunity to die. Oh, so like the goblin fight that Guy Kid was describing, it's like, that's for keeps. Yep. Okay. And I think if you're in your level zone, maybe you just get knocked out and you lose, so to speak. But if you're leaps and bounds above your level like like he said no no business being there i think it should actually be able to result in hero death i think that would be fascinating and and you know you people ask the question then well why would you do it right why would i send my lower level hero too low too many levels ahead in order to try to to do it well the same thing for perilous journey Loot. because the devs have put some <laughs> carrot in front of us that make us want to try it right and we're gonna try it because that's just what we do Imagine experience. If we've got a hundred pieces of land that are visible right now, 
we've got 900 pieces of land in Serendale that aren't visible right now. Imagine if there's land tournaments that go out across that it's like once you're the first person there, there's a 24-hour clock that now starts for other people to register Ooh, for the land tournament. Like capturing the flag. Yeah, it's like, all right, send me out to that level 99 area. I don't care if I send my level 2 monk and he's got a 98% chance of dying. Like, he, he he's going to go venture <laughs> out into the, the vast abyss and uh, try, try to go claim uh, North America for me or whatever. Oh, I love that. That's actually great. Yeah. Like a captured flag approach or king of the hill almost, you know? Yeah, that would that a combination. Awesome. Cool. All right, um, let's go jump over onto YouTube and see if we have any other questions. Uh, no new questions yet. I guess, um, you know, Discord chat, chime in now. Otherwise, uh, you know, maybe we'll go to closing comment uh, from you, uh, Guy Kid, first. Just general closing thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for Crystal Veil next week. It's going to be really interesting. I'm curious to see with these new gardens opening up if there's going to be a place for you, a time period for you to deposit into these gardens before the emissions start. So, say there's like a 12 hour window, so you don't have to be in there like at the exact right second taking PTO off of work and things of that nature. But <laughs> very excited for Crystal Vale next week and uh, curious to see how all that pans out. Nindorf, what do you got as a closing thought? Um, yeah, I, I think it's tough right now because there's just so much. I, you know, I'm trying to decide, you know, what, where do I want to focus my attention? You know, we're, we're, we're actively doing some development here on the site. You know, we're trying to make a better tool for everyone. I'm also trying to keep up with all this content from the devs in Barcelona. I think uh, I'm really enjoying the, the some of the Discord chatter too. It, it's just you know I'm fully consumed by this game right now, and I think that's uh, something I'm looking forward to keep to continuing on. So I appreciate everybody who's been part of this, and uh, hope everybody keeps enjoying it just like I am. Thank you for that. Yeah, a uh, huge thanks to our, our listeners out there. Really appreciate it. I'm going to probably end with a sneak peek at one of the next episodes. Um, so excited. I, you know, can't hide it, as they say. So um, we have uh, a very special guest, I hope, coming on at the end of next week. He is traveling back from uh, back from the, the AVAC Summit. So, um we have uh, Bolon joining us, uh, hopefully at the end of next week, right around the launch of Crystal Vale. Uh, so really excited to get you know someone from the DFK team on uh, on the website. Uh, you know, I know that's a big big milestone for us, and uh, hopefully something uh, for the team here to look forward to. Um, he has a he and Risen have a uh, a YouTube right now um, called I think Chaos Chat. Um, Go definitely go check that out on the DFK YouTube page. Uh, lots of good information there. I know they had Frisky Fox on uh, last week, so um, really excited and uh, looking forward to have him on. Uh, hopefully at the end of next week to time that with the uh, the launch of Crystal Vale. All right. Well, uh, big thanks out there to all of our, our YouTube listeners and our, our Discord chat. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. And, uh, you know, this has been uh, uh, Raph and uh, Guy Kid and Nydorf. So thank you very much for joining us and have a great night. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. All right. <laughs>